Hello, and welcome to Little Realms, a Dungeons & Dragons actual play podcast. I am your host and game master, Candice, and I am joined by... I'm Sarah, and I play Vim, the agitated tiefling warrior. I'm Dan, and I play Cyrus Sassafras, the monster hunter. I'm Adam, and I play Arden, the dismayed half-elven ranger. And I'm Nikki, and I play Jarrell, the frustrated elven scholar. And last time on Little Realms. I finally had time to focus on my work and get to cracking this table of reagents that N asked me to fill out as some kind of test. Unfortunately, I've made little headway. I think I need to find a new approach. Jarell filled me in on what Marin is up to and what she wants our help with. It's almost worse than I imagined it would be. Isidra at least finished looking into what I had asked her about as well, and it turns out the danger zone is expanding. There's no doubt that things will be coming to a head soon. In the evening, I invited myself over to Indigo's for an impromptu meeting. And instead of being released from my contract with him, I was given two new sets of instructions to hide from my friends. The first was to spy on N and figure out what she's doing in the mines. The second was to spy on Marin and just find out what she's doing, period. After much walking about in the woods, I finally found a perfect place to summon the monster without any... Um, casualties? That. <laughs> but, but first I gotta go talk to that stupid Arendelle. The camera will pan in on the four of you looking at this invite for afternoon on the following day. Victor Arendelle will press your presence for a meeting at the Arendelle estate. Oh boy, another adventure. No, that surely, I mean, he said he wanted to wrap up this whole business, and I mean, do you, you don't really think it's a new adventure, do you? Cyrus is rubbing his hands together. <laughs> Perhaps all of you have run through his money already, and he's begging you to stop. No, I think instead perhaps he wants to set out maybe the terms of, uh, I think we'd be excellent to put on retainer. Perhaps, you know, there's the initial spending that we're doing now in thanks, and then maybe we get paid a, a weekly stipend for being around and available and helpful. Well, uh, okay, so I feel like um, you and maybe the Margrex have this idea that we're some kind of adventuring Band? Mm -hmm. And that's really not... Alright, that is not the case from where I'm standing. And you're not the only ones who think this. You know, Baron over at the university thinks that we should be going on some kind of mission for her, too. Uh, does it pay well? Uh, well, she didn't say anything about that. Um, it's more of a... They make big finger quotes on this a research project. Um, they quickly outline this idea of like, yeah, she's got these pods and there's this tree and this magic gunk, which is hideous. And, you know, Arden and I are kind of looking into it, but I don't know. It sounds kind of nuts. It sounds kind of like a terrible idea. Is there certain death involved? 
What? Well, there are death pods, um, and but I'm not climbing in one. I wouldn't necessarily recommend it. I'll put that on my maybe list. I couldn't help but notice she she made a lot of point of assuring me that it's possible to return uh, from them, but didn't really say anything about safety measures, and I couldn't help but notice that she wasn't volunteering to come along. Right, we should, you know what, maybe I should go talk to Marin about the potential for hiring me to rebrand her. What you called them, death pods? See, that's, that's terrible. Then she needs branding help. I asked her about that, and she looked at me like I was crazy. She hadn't even thought about it, and then she was wondering why she couldn't get volunteers. Yes, I think, you know what, I should go and have a conversation with Marin about branding opportunities. Well, be careful. She's a little... She seems nice, but she's a little odd. And I think in Vim's head, her wheels are starting to spin, and maybe she even has that look on her face and the flick in... It's not as playful as her usual tail flick, but she's remembering that conversation with Indigo, and she knows that she needs to find an in for learning something about the forest, and this is perfect, if not a little spoopy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> also, I'm going to be honest. I think that what she's doing might be causing the forest to become significantly more dangerous than it has been. <laughs> when you mentioned the forest being significantly more dangerous, Cyrus kind of shrinks because <laughs> he has spent all day trying to like find a spot to summon a monster in the forest. <laughs> he just kind of shrinks and goes back to his drink. Yeah, we don't want that. If the forest is getting more dangerous, even more so than the last time we went, we we could go back to the buddy system. I would be happy to volunteer to go with anyone when they're going. Cyrus, I know you came back from the forest all right yesterday, but um, maybe we should go in groups. I'd be happy to tag along. I wouldn't say completely all right. I did lose track of time. I'm not sure if it... Just my mind is slipping, or the forest is playing tricks on me. The lumberjacks did warn me it gets pretty tricky out there, so I don't know. Tricky as in... <laughs> Wait, never mind, Vim wouldn't say that. <laughs> what was Vim gonna say? What was Sarah gonna say? <laughs> oh, I was gonna make a joke about what, uh, was it tricky or a trick that Cyrus was trying to turn? It was bad. It was bad. It's, it's like halfway there. Cyrus tips his fake hat. Fedora. <laughs> no. I mean, Theo is a lumberjack. It's not entirely implausible. But... <gasps> well, He's a tricky lumberjack. If we're doing the buddy system, I call not it to go with Vim. I don't want to speak to a researcher. That sounds tedious. I've no real interest in speaking to Marin again either at the moment. Yes, that might be for the best. (laughs) (laughs) Jarrell kind of pats Arden on the shoulder like, yep, nope, please stay away. Y'all don't play nice. (laughs) (laughs) I'll probably be by the lab quite a bit um, over the next several weeks or maybe even for the rest of the time here. I mean, you're welcome to join me anytime, Ben. That sounds good, especially to find where her off. And then I can drop by flyers and, and it will strictly be a conversation just about marketing. Yes, but approach it gently. She has some ego. Good to know. Yes, I I can do that. Also, until we know more, I'd recommend against stepping into a death pod. And so you all go your separate ways for... I'm going to bug Cyrus. Oh, you're bugging Cyrus. Okay. 
Yeah, like, some of where they're at is that, you know, they're used to having a lot of people around, their sister, their cousins, their family, and their colleagues, their friends, like, sit around at the pub and, like, bounce ideas off of each other and, and kind of riff on things. Not so much just, like, sitting in a room thinking about it on their own. And then the other thing is that they've kind of got a sense that what this table is getting at is some sort of, like, elementary reagents or, um underlying reagents and so they're wondering if like knowing more about plants or about specific materials might help because a lot of the, the magic they do um, their approach tends to be more cerebral and less physical and so they're hoping Cyrus's point of view on magic might be helpful to them as you're about to part ways Jarell, what is Cyrus doing uh, Cyrus is probably in his room unpacking from all of his uh, shit. He hears a knock on his door. Who is it? Hi, Cyrus. I don't have your green stick. I forgot. Go away. Oh, that's okay. That's not what I was going to ask about. What? I open the door. Jarell is like holding a stack of papers and you see the top one and it's just like, they look like mathematical proofs. <laughs> and they've kind of got rings under their eyes and look very tired <laughs> of what they're doing. Are you busy? I'm just looking the papers up and down. Yes. Um, Jarrell looks down at the papers and at you and hides the papers behind their back. Um, I don't mind those. Um, I, that's not what I'm asking about. Well, sort of what I'm asking about, but you don't, you don't need to look at them or, or worry about them at all. I was just wondering if you had a moment to tell me about your work as an apothecary. Cyrus' eyes kind of light up a bit. Oh, do you need my great expertise, Jarrell? I thought this day would come. Come on in. Come, come, come. <laughs> do you want me to recount you of the many uses of the Edercap Anus, or perhaps the the famous strength potion that almost made me win the muscles of Mithrin? <laughs> what what can I teach you? Jarrell kind of drops their papers in a sack on the floor and sits down next to them. Just kind of leans against the wall like, Oh, I don't know. Whatever you think would be interesting. Just, you know, uh, usually I, I talk to Jaren when I'm sort of mentally stuck. And um, I don't know. I just I just really need to hear a different perspective right now, Cyrus. So anything you want to tell me about plants and their uses, I'm, I'm just interested to listen. Well, that's kind of the, the whole secret of my druidic ways is listening. I spent years just lying in a bed of moss staring at clouds, listening. People said, Cyrus, you're lazy, get up. And I said, no. <laughs> and I lied there and I listened to the moss. I listened to the the butterflies, the caterpillars. And I said, shut up. I'm trying to listen to the moss. Because <laughs> I found plants more interesting than bugs. And I pull uh, some mushrooms from my beard and I say, what do you hear? Jarrell leans forward and kind of stares very intently at the mushroom. Well, um, you mean their eyes kind of flick up to you and back from from the mushroom? Yes. Am I listening for a particular language or? You're talking too much. Listen. Jarrell like pinches their lips shut and stares at the mushroom again. (laughs) What do you hear? <laughs> I believe you, Candace. 
I guess I'm not really sure what I'm listening for. Well, that's your first step in becoming an apothecary, is understanding nature. And then once you can understand their language, you can use it. I mean, you can't learn from your fancy books without knowing the language, right? Sure. A uh, side question, um, just curious, based on something Arden was telling me, do mushrooms ever just sort of attack people on their own? All the time. <laughs> the mushroom twitches. Jarrell <laughs> stares at it, kind of, like, not alarmed, but just like, oh. <laughs> I give it a little squeeze, like one of those stress balls, and it just goes... <laughs> <laughs> well, I heard that. I heard a little... <laughs> good, that's a good first step. <laughs> Cyrus gives Jarrell a lesson in apothecary that's more practical than listening. He explains <laughs> the different herbal components and some basics of... Uh, healing properties and he tries to gauge whether or not this is what Jarell wants to know. Jarell is what I would probably call a very active listener. Like they listen but they're not quiet about it. There's a lot of, you know, agreeing oh, and side questions and confirmation statements and like <laughs> But yeah, they seem very interested in everything you're saying. This is like 4 hours later. Question 1. How to make a dandelion salad? Lesson four, which mushrooms to eat? Lesson 18, smell my finger. Thank you, Cyrus. I, I really appreciate it. They kind of unfold themselves kind of creakily from the floor and stack up their papers again. I think this will, uh, having a different perspective will, will help me a lot in kind of maybe approaching this from a different direction. Well, any time, Jarell, I am the... The greatest apothecary of Bogberg, so <laughs> my door is always open if you need my expertise. Well, thank you, Cyrus. They hug you. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> and then go skipping off to, to take another stab at this with a fresh perspective. Did you want to take a 10 like we had talked about, or did you want to roll again? I don't know. I kind of want to roll, but I'm afraid of my own die now. <laughs> Rolling for what? What taking 10 is, is it's a mechanical thing from 3.5, where if your character is trained enough in a skill, it's assumed that if they take the requisite time to do so, they will succeed in the thing. The a 10 is the result on the d20, and then they add any relevant modifiers to it. So you can take a 10 to research, add Arcana to that for whatever that total would be, or do those three Arcana checks and see what each of them come out to be. It was straight intelligence. It was straight intelligence. Oh, then straight intelligence. Does having talked to Cyrus and like trying to find a new perspective on this confer any any bonus or advantage on me? I would give you advantage, which in this case would mean you get to re-roll your lowest. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to roll for it. Okay. Don't screw this up for me, Di. You were very one, bad last one, week. One, one, one. I, 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 I'm <laughs> Seven, so that's an 11. Okay. Another seven, so another 11. God damn it. <laughs> Crit fail. Oh my gosh. 
I just cannot win. You can re reroll the lowest. It's almost like Jarrell has too much nonsense. <laughs> oh my gosh. You have to burn those dice. Did crit one again? Uh... <laughs> one reroll one. Cyrus, Cyrus accidentally sabotaged you. <laughs> he, he set you in the wrong direction, and your research has been wasted trying to listen to the books. <laughs> Oh no, you need to put those in dice jail. <laughs> okay. So, well, Jarrell's struggling still. Whatever Jarrell is doing just is still not working. And it's not working so badly that you are unable to trance tonight. And it's like, don't, they are not even trying to trance. They're just like cup of coffee, doing calculations, and it's going nowhere. The camera is like, on Jarrell, and there's a window in the background, and we see the sun completely set over the horizon, the moon rise and then fall, and the window light up with morning sun, and Jarrell is just in the same position the whole time. The next person who comes and finds them, they're like lying down in the booth with their head hanging over the side and they're like holding a sheet of paper in front of their face just like staring at it like why isn't this coming together <laughs> poor Jarrell. and this is the the, the end research right mm-hmm okay it's what they came to mithrin for sort of so i ha have a question as arden is reading yes he is going to try to compare his memory of of the circle he broke in his dream to the circle that is in the book that he got from N to figure out how similar or not similar they are. Yeah, go for it. Do either Arcana or Intelligence, whichever one it would be higher for you. I got a 20 overall. Comparing the circle in the book to the circle that you remember from your dream. Yeah, understanding, of course, that he expects it to be different because one of the points of the book is that that circle doesn't work. And Marin has said that hers does and he is worried that the one in his dream might be the same okay so the circle in the book and the circle in your dream are the same in that both circles have a four quadrant composition to them where each quadrant has unique characteristics but the circle in your dream seems to be more abjuration the one in the book looks to be more conjuration. Okay. Yep, that's all Arden was trying to figure out. This would probably be the next morning. Uh, Nikki, is Jarell going to be doing this basically up until someone grabs them to go to the Arendelle? Yeah, they shift around a little and like write out stuff every once in a while and like if someone walks by they might capture them and ramble at them for a while. But they're totally, like, 100% focused on what they're doing and aren't really noticing what's going on around them much. Okay. Jarrell, because you didn't take a long rest, mm -hmm. you'll have a level of exhaustion, which I think is disadvantage on ability checks. Uh, you know, here's the thing. The way it's going, I'm not sure how rolling a disadvantage matters. Because <laughs> it seems like all I know how to roll is a crit fail. So oh, you, I know. It's fine. Screw <laughs> out of your past, what is it, nine checks now? A third of them have been ones. 
That's no good. This does seem statistically improbable, but here I am, living the anti-dream. even re-rolled one into a one, so out of 40, you've been rolling 40% one. It's impressive. You're, you're just rolling out all the ones now so that you don't have them later. It's true. Well, I think what it is is it's not the die, because the die was doing fine, but since we moved upstairs, we're sitting across the table instead of next to each other, so the little dice tray is by Dan. Oh, yes, that's it. And I'm rolling off the table, and I think I think the table... The table is cursed, not the dice. Here, take the dice tray. The no. table has so you bad can't have excuses. There you go. <laughs> you gotta, gotta get your own dice tray. It's, it's superstitious. Oh, it's so bad. So... Smash cut to the Arendelles. On the party's walk over to the Arendelles, Cyrus wants to briefly tell the party, Look, gang, I've got high hopes that this will be another mission. If it turns out to be boring paperwork stuff or Victor wants to talk our ears off, I might just leave. So, sorry in advance. No, we're not taking more missions. This is, this is not some kind of adventuring venture that we're on here. Besides, if somebody wants to pay you to do paperwork, you should be happy with it. I've never... Well, I'm not sure if that's true. I'm not sure that I've ever heard of anybody dying doing paperwork. I will die if I do paperwork. It's my one and only weakness. That does sound true. I'm sure it'll all be fine, and if not, Cyrus, you should stick through it anyways. I don't know. It could get interesting. I'll do my best. I hate boring people. <laughs> well, Jana and Hyatt will be there. And Whoopee. the marker has his moments. <laughs> you make it to the estate. The individuals that are gathered. Oh, sorry, I had to yawn. See, the DM's already bored. (laughs) (laughs) No, I just didn't get to finish my coffee. Victor Arendale is sitting behind the desk, and he looks better than he has in any of the previous times that you've seen him. There's, like, a lot of color to his face. He looks attentive and engaged. He greets all of you when you file into the room and motions for all of you to have a seat wherever you like. Jana and Hyatt and Landon are the other individuals in the room and they all stand up and, you know, say, you hi, how's it going? It's good to see you again. Uh, are you enjoying your downtime? And there's that moment of kind of awkward idle chatter. Is there anything anyone wants to do in the idle chatter? That's how I became the power bottom of Bogburn. No. no. Thrall's <laughs> covering Jonna's ears. <laughs> nope, that's a great way to get Arendale to stand up. That's how the story ends. Jonna over at Cyrus. What's a power bottom? Oh, God. I'm um, I'm going to see myself out, actually. Cyrus, um, you, you're Vim now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for coming. Victor stands up from the test. Jonna, we'll talk about this later. Anyway, I've been able to get a lot of things done these past few days, and since you are all deep into the business of Mithra, I felt that it was fair to give you updates on everything that's been happening since the end of the festival. Oh, yes, that feels like it was a while ago, but I suppose it was only, what, three days, four days now? Yes, three days ago. 
I don't know how much you knew about the original Wither Height murder investigation, but there had been someone that was accused of that murder and imprisoned. And since everything that has happened, we have of course figured out that that was a false accusation and that individual, Donovan, has been released and his assets have been restored. Will he be taken care of in any other fashion? He's been in prison for five years because of this, I mean, because of this fuck up. We are intending on compensating both him and his family to the best of our abilities. Bim nods, seeming pleased with that response. And and clearly happy to hear that he's out of prison. Victor smiles back at you. I'm glad that we were able to get that sorted out. Now, there are four other individuals that are involved in all of this that we wanted to discuss. Brennan, Claire, and then of course, Myrne and Rowan. For Brennan and Claire, we have talked to both of them and we believe that they were acting under orders that they believed to be the correct thing to do at the time. And, at least in the city of Mithrin, they had no other history of crime, violence of any sort. The winter is coming to our city, and quite honestly, we need people that can prepare for that. And so, they will be released on probation. So then, Jarrell kind of glances aside at Vim and then looks at him. Um, you know, it seemed like the faceless had something of a financial network um, going in with them that, you know, um, I know the precinct that the guard had been looking into various connections. Are are all those investigations going to be dropped? Actually, we wanted to speak to the four of you about the faceless. Do you four have any information on that network because all we have is what was written down by Rowan and Myrne, which we now know is probably not the most accurate nor the most complete picture. In a literal sense, we do have that, if you'd like it back. <laughs> Drop the <laughs> their fingers together. <laughs> you do? Well... Victor, like, gives a look to Landon, and Landon just sort of drugs. Well, you know, Rowan had sort of asked us to look into it, and we were trying to keep him open to communication, and so we they just let us take all of it home. We are going to need that back. Right. No, I, you know, hopefully you won't hold this against us. It just seemed like a good call at the time, and... Hey, I'm pretty happy with where we are right now. We'll put a pin in that, Vim. Claire and Brennan are going to be released on probation unless any of the four of you have information that would cause us to not do that. Even though the four of you are not judges, we value your input as you've dealt with them closely. Yes, I believe one of them stabbed Vim. Ah, uh, that's all water under the bridge now. <laughs> <laughs> let, 
let me get this right. You are going to release Claire and Brennan because at the time they thought they were doing the correct thing and they had no other history of crime or violence. So, if I go out and I stab Henry, and I believe it's the right thing to do, you'll let me go. <laughs> Don't stab Henry. <laughs> because He's a nice I fellow. have no history of crime or violence. Is this correct? Is this the, the legal precedent we're setting here, so long as we believe it's okay? Were you acting under the orders of a criminal underlord? What's the answer that I get to stab Henry? Cut that out. <laughs> Jeralka elbows you in the side. <laughs> Cyrus stops talking. <laughs> Hyatt chimes in. You do not get to stab Henry, Cyrus. Is there going to be any sort of, um, I mean, Claire has a sort of, uh, I mean, is running a business, and it, it seems like she's very well integrated into the community. Uh, does Brennan have local family or other support to kind of go to? <gasps> Cyrus opens his mouth. I, I, he raises his hand like a child, actually. Victor oh. gives you the just one second finger. Oh, I keep waving it well. says... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we don't actually think that Brennan has any family in the city. Our hope is that she is able, through Landon's assistance, to integrate into the city guard. Oh. <laughs> yes, Cyrus? <laughs> well, I don't know if you know this, but Mickey and Abram run a wayward home for misguided half-orcs. Perhaps Brennan could find a home with them. That sounds actually like a wonderful idea. Jarrell has such a complicated look on their face right now. <laughs> and I, I look at Jarrell. See, I did good, right? Yes, I, I think perhaps. I do like the idea of them not being in prison and doing something good with their time. Speaking of people who have been displaced or have lost their jobs over this whole thing, if you don't make good use of Isidra, you're doing yourself and the city a disservice. Victor nods and writes a note and says, Duly noted, thank you for the recommendation. Brennan, we will work with her to find a place where she can fit in. Be careful, though. She's a little grouchy. I think if, if you're able to find something that would be a better <laughs> a better option than them sitting in prison. Yes, I we don't want them to sit in prison either. It's a drain on society or on our city, quite frankly. Which is why we should execute Rowan immediately. I hear what you're putting down. Do you need a hand with that? We will get to that. The second <laughs> question I have for the four of you... Jarell, you have told me that my friend Witherheight is in fact alive and was the force behind the faceless. Jarell looks like a deer in headlights. Vim looks mortified. She forgot that Victor knew, and now that she's remembering he does, she's like, oh yeah, I wish you didn't know that. Yeah, kind of, I think, where Jarell's mind is at is they don't really care for Indigo. But they have some sense that Vim is kind of tied up with him and they don't want to put her in a bind, but they really have no idea what the full situation is. And they don't want him to feel cornered and take it out on Vim. And so they're just kind of like, yes, that seems to be the case. So from what you know, 
the faceless should not be a problem anymore. That is <laughs> something. <laughs> oh god, everyone like probably almost has to roll to like keep their fucking shit together. Any answer that Jarell gives has consequences, and I'm so excited to hear. <laughs> Margaret's Arendale, I really Jarell kind of like rubs their hands over their eyes, just like actually sort of looking as tired as they are from it. It's like Margaret Sarandale, I, I understand that this is a, a fraught situation and that, that you have a, a lot going on and a lot that you're trying to manage at once and that we have been weirdly involved in all this, but I really need you to understand that, that my expertise is in, is in the effect of magic on the brain and not... I, are you asking me for a professional assessment of, of the organized crime situation in a town that I've been in for a week? I am, in fact, asking all four of you for an accurate assessment of the organized crime going on in the city that I have been sent to rule, apparently perpetrated by someone who I thought was my best friend. Yes, well, you also thought that Mirne was a good captain of the guard, so... Can I roll an insight check to see if I notice, like, either anyone in my party, like Jarrell or Vim, like withholding stuff? Because obviously Cyrus knows that we've been in this guy's house and I tried to spit on him, but he doesn't know why they're not telling him that. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> that was not great. That was a 10. You can tell that Jarrell is very uncomfortable, but you can't tell, like, motivation. For Vim, I think you can't get a read on Vim either. She's just trying to be super nonchalant, and she's kind of got her businesswoman face on right now. Well, Cyrus needs to be on the good side of his comrades for this, like, ritual, so he's he's gonna let the young people keep dithering around, and he'll keep quiet. So Vim kind of takes a deep breath as surreptitiously or as coyly as possible looks to kind of the group and then finally to Victor. Witherheight was able to conceal his identity and his whereabouts for five years. It's almost by happenstance that we came upon that information as we were investigating the death of Liara. And I, I think it would be just as difficult for us to stumble upon more information about him. He, he seems like the kind of individual who only lets you know what he lets you know. You have all four met him. It's more like we caught a glimpse of him. Or who he is now. Either way, can you take me to him? Victor says this, and Landon, Jonna, and Hyatt, all their eyes go wide, and Landon, like, half stands up and, like, opens his mouth to say something. But Victor holds up one of his hands, and he's looking between the four of you very intently. Unfortunately, I don't think I would be able to. He looks to the next person. 
I want to kick his butt, but I, if I knew where he was, I'd do that already. He looks to the next person. Jarrell looks like they want to fall through the floor. Margaret <laughs> 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 uh, Sarandale, I, I fully understand that you want to probably confront and, and reconnect, perhaps. But um, I think you must understand that under the circumstances of the last few days and... He's sort of a criminal overlord. I wonder what the repercussions are of... <laughs> um, they they kind of press their hands together. They look, like, so desperately uncomfortable right now. Landon actually chimes in and saves you a little bit, saying, Sir, I don't think that is a good idea. I understand that you have a past with this man, but given the situation, everything that's happened... Maybe Victor looks to Vim, and that cuts off Landon's statement. And Vim is quiet for a long time, and she's just looking. She's she's looking at Victor, and I'd like to roll an insight to see if Vim can get any kind of bead or feeling on like what does he want, because that will change what she says. Go for it. Uh... Okay, uh, an 11. Because what she's looking for is, is there long-lost love? Is there malice? Is there anger? Is, is, there, is there regret? You do not get the vibe of malice or ill intent. What this sounds most like to you is when two people have a falling out and one of them sees a way back in and they're trying really hard to seize on it, even if it's, like, really awkward and maybe a bad idea. So maybe a mix of, like, regret and hope. Yeah. She waits for a moment, and then finally... Like I said before, Weatherhide is a crafty individual who only seems to let you catch the glimpses that he wants you to see. Perhaps we will catch another glimpse and perhaps you can be there when it happens Victor looks at you for a moment longer his eyes tighten and then he takes a step back from his desk puts both of his hands behind his back and nods perhaps a glance is what I need now then let us conclude the rest of this meeting. We'll work this out later, Bim. She just nods. We have the matter of Captain Joran Mirne and Lieutenant Ewan Rowan. Cyrus is rubbing his hands. What we wish to do with Mirne is seize the assets that he is not entitled to and keep him locked away until we can have either a coalition judge make it out to Mithrin or transport Myrne back into a larger city. It seems to me that he has probably spent a great amount of money that he was not entitled to that you will not be able to get back from him without seizing perhaps all of his assets. Yes, that is what I am talking about. The house, his lands, all of it. 
Yes, doing that and uh, setting him adrift on a raft on some ocean or another would seem to be suitable to me. Jonna, like, snorts a laugh, <laughs> at which point Victor and Hyatt both give her a very sour look and she recomposes her face. <laughs> so I take it there are no objections to this sentence. Cyrus shrugs. So much of this type of like punishment is completely foreign to Vim. This is not how things are handled with the caravans. Prison isn't a thing. Sentencing isn't really a thing. Like there's consequences for your actions, but this is a completely different like modus for her. And so she just kind of maybe looks a bit uncomfortable, but shrugs. Joel's kind of spacing out a bit. They kind of are not <laughs> sure why Victor's telling them all this. They're kind of like, this is really not our concern. Like, we caught this guy like you asked us to. It was not our job. I would rather get back to work now. I'm waiting to be dismissed. <laughs> Victor says, all right. Now, for Rowan, I don't know if you all were aware he is not from these lands originally. When we went to question him for more information, he actually came back at us with a proposal of own, and so I am going to let him speak for himself. What? <laughs> Jarrell looks around like extremely alarmed, like you better not have him like physically here. <laughs> <laughs> the doors to the meeting room open. And Rowan is escorted inside, flanked by two guards. He is in manacles. I like your new jewelry, Rowan. Suits you. He looks up briefly, but there's no expression behind his eyes. You know that I am not from here, but I understand your laws and I have killed someone. I make no qualms about that. And I will be sentenced to death. My request is that my life is ended on my own terms. So what? You want to be your own executioner? How does that work? Do we just give you a knife? Or what, what, what are you suggesting? I would rather not be involved in an execution sentence. Rowan has reaped what he has sown in this life. Let's, if we want to show him mercy, let's wish him well in the next life and end him. Jarrell is actually starting to look very angry, and they're looking directly at Victor. Regardless of this man's origins... Surely you can't become a lieutenant in this military without being, you know... Competent, Victor offered. No, without being held to the laws which they uphold. I'm not sure what you mean by bringing this man before us to demand our opinion on whether or not he can commit suicide. Why are you involving us? I value your opinion on the matter, though your time in Mithrin has been short. You have fortunately or unfortunately become embroiled in the events that have been unfolding. 
Perhaps you should assign titles to us. Maybe Jarell could just be strictly the academic advisor. <laughs> Jarell takes in like a deep, shaky breath and um, like bows very politely to to the Margrex and says, "I appreciate the respect that that must show that you have for us. I would prefer to be dismissed, my Lord Margrex, if that's all right." That is, of course, quite all right. Jarell jerkily stands back up and turns on their heel and walks out the door. I will count this as you would be opposed to allowing Rowan to carry out his own sentence. Jarell pauses at the door and looks back at him and says, I don't think what I think about the situation should have any bearing on the outcome. And they walk away. I personally have no desire to see somebody whose life I've saved once dying makes the whole thing seem somewhat pointless. Yes, it's as if someone told you not to do it. Elandon <laughs> <laughs> speaks up and says, Auden, I quite agree with you. I also do not want to see this man dead. I think that people should be given the opportunity to choose to become something new. Rowan, you seem to have now. Frankly, it does surprise me, and it's definitely not something I would have expected, but you seem to be able to take ownership for your misdeeds, and you seem to understand how it has affected people. I would think that you should be able to choose to become someone new, someone who doesn't perpetrate these kinds of crimes ever again you can't choose to be the same person you were before Rowan looks up to you Vim and he says in my way of looking at things the way I can accept ownership of what I have done is by taking myself out of the equation I think that that stifles any future opportunities for you to do anything that could have a positive impact. And it erases any ways that you could do any real good. So, and she looks at Victor, I won't be a part of that choice at all, and I don't think you should let him make it. Cyrus is stroking his chin, and he's kind of has an idea and he goes Victor, Vic, Vicky, baby and I put my arm around him <laughs> oh my god <laughs> he gives you side eye Vicky, baby, walk with me <laughs> listen, young people these days, they don't want to get their hands dirty, come with me for a minute we just walk, a l- it's a, not very far, we just walk like a step or two away from Jana and Hyatt um, <clears throat> alright why don't we kill two birds with one stone here? <laughs> we, this man's not gonna turn his life around, but he is a killer. Why don't we send him loose after Indigo, huh? Then he can atone that way. Wait, is is Cyrus whispering this to Vim? <laughs> no. Cyrus is whispering this to, he's to Victor. Victor. The Victor. Oh my god! Oh my gosh! Wow. Oh my god, this wow. is so bad. <laughs> like, if Victor didn't already regret asking us our opinion on this, he sure does now. Victor takes a physical three-foot step away from Cyrus, out from <laughs> under his arm. No, it's a good idea. 
looks at you and says, Did you miss the part where I said that Wither Height was, is, hopefully still is, one of my best friends? I rolled a 10 on Insight. I didn't pick that up. (laughs) (laughs) Well, (laughs) fine. I just just fold my arms and I stand there. Victor turns back around, addresses the room. If I have counted everyone's opinions correctly, it seems as though we will not be allowing Rowan to take these actions. Correct. Fine. Rowan eventually, his head eventually droops low on his shoulders, and Victor says, Then it is decided Rowan will have a very similar fate to Myrne. He will spend the winter in jail until such a time as a judge can come out or we are able to send him off. And the guards lead Rowan out of the room. Is this all, Victor? Yes, that is all of the business I had had on the agenda for meeting. Is there anything anyone else would like to bring up before we adjourn? I need an all-access pass to the mines that has your stamp on it and (laughs) my name on it. And in our tradition, blanks for any other names I might choose to use for business purposes. And Vim is, she like steps forward, flourishes, and completely ignores the previous conversation so that she can get the thing she needs. <laughs> Victor, Jonna, Hyatt, and Landon all look 2% relieved that Vim has said something else. Oh god. <laughs> Victor, her response. I unfortunately can't do that Yet, you see, the next meeting that I am calling is between myself and Marin and the farmer's representatives to figure out exactly how Methern is going to be heated through this winter. You know what? That is an interesting consideration. And Vim steps forward again, kind of trampling over Victor on purpose because she heard a no. And that's not acceptable. <laughs> She's here to get a yes. So, so she steps forward again and does the like, my sincerest apologies for making a request that has such inopportune timing. Perhaps we could attach an addendum to the all access documentation that says it's not applicable or or the access doesn't begin until yada yada the appropriate date of the meeting you have with Marin. Once I have met with N and Marin, uh, specifically N because she is the one that has dealt with the mine historically, once I have done that meeting and know more about what is going on down there, then I would be able to authorize more access to it. So what I'm hearing is that we should have one addendum about Marin and then a second one about N. And I'll just promise not to go to the mines until whatever date you put on those papers. 
Yes, essentially. Perfect. I will wait as long as is necessary for the appropriate paperwork to be drawn up. It will be on the to-do list. For today, right now, perhaps? (laughs) 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 And Vim is, like, looking at Jana. Because she knows Jana's the one who writes the paperwork around here. (laughs) Candace needs to finish losing her shit. (laughs) This is so inappropriate. (laughs) So good, though. (laughs) Jana. Yep. Um, um, okay, so the, the the meeting we're talking about is scheduled for tomorrow, and then a couple days later, we'll make the final decision on it. Um, so I will send you a note when we've got the paperwork drawn up. Does that work? We see like a vein popping, <laughs> and and she's like trying to figure it out. You know what they say, I'm a businesswoman, this is a business thing I'm trying to set up with the mines. Time is money, so really you're losing money. What about this, Jonna says, and she like looks at Victor and Hyatt real quick. They give her like a quirked eyebrow because they have no idea what she's about to say. And she says, Vim, would you like to be involved in the meeting? Yes. (laughs) Let's, I will be back here tomorrow for the meeting with Marin and N about the mines. Yes, I will arrive for pre-meeting brunch. It helps me get in the game space. And then I will be here for... The meeting. (laughs) Well, we weren't exactly planning on... Well, you weren't before, but you are now. So, consider myself invited. She likes waffles shaped like Mithrin. (laughs) Landon has sunk into his chair. Victor and Hyatt are staring open-mouthed at Jonna. Perfect. Well, I guess we're all on the same page then. I will see y'all for brunch tomorrow. All right. Also expect a bill from the blacksmith. Goodbye. Goodbye. I suppose I will head out with them. (laughs) Thank you for your input, he says, as all three of you are filing out of the room. As we're walking back to wherever... I keep nudging Arden on the elbow. So, Arden, remember the other day when you agreed to leave some time available for me in my ritual? I don't, but I'll take your word for it. <laughs> you did. I listened to the playback. <laughs> I need... I need... <laughs> I need to add one more request. It's a simple one, tiny, tiny, tiny. I need some of your blood. And I just start walking really fast away from it. <laughs> Thank you! my blood Arden looks a little bit um he's not quite sure how to respond to that on the one hand he knows that the answer has got to be just a like straight up no on the other hand he doesn't want to break poor Cyrus's heart yes uh but since Cyrus is walking away quickly Arden doesn't need to actually answer him so 
He just lets Cyrus escape for now. Cyrus likes to ask questions and walk away and assume <laughs> the answer is yes. <laughs> so Jarrell probably waited for you guys. They're like by the gate. Clearly have had a quick cry and are feeling slightly better and are just kind of kicking it at the gate talking with Chakota. <laughs> well, that was fun. We are all advisors. Should we get sashes? Oh, is he done outsourcing his job to us yet? Mm, yes. <laughs> Wonderful. I hope not. We still need to survive the winter in this town. Gerald looks at Vin. So what are they going to do with him? They're going to do the same thing they're going to do with Myrne. There'll be a trial and he'll probably serve a life sentence, but he will serve that sentence. Gerald looks intensely relieved when you tell them this. <laughs> Cyrus makes a fart noise. While I don't pretend to understand some of these laws, I, I do think they made one of the better choices available to them. What was that business about the mine, Vim? Well, I'm here to strike up business for my caravan for the Mother Elephant. I was remembering a, a walk me and Arden had that took us down to the mines, and I think it's worth exploring again. There's potentially some valuable stuff down there, and I'd like to be able to go and inspect and ask around without any pesky guards getting a little too plucky. Oh, are you, are you interested in the, uh, the dragon spit production around here? Yes. It seems like it has some potential if, if we can figure out how to safely transport it. Yes, and better to use it for heating towns and all sorts of things than the lifeblood of other worlds. Arden says, like, somewhat bitterly. Yes, what Arden said. <laughs> um, you know, I, uh, my friend Anne, um, I think has been pretty involved with the mines. Um, she might be able to give you a little tour if you want. Um, I, I seriously doubt any guard with any kind of preservation sense is going to stop her from going down there. She does sound pretty rad from everything you've shared so far. Um, I've basically asked for an all-access pass, and I'm hoping that it means I can do what I need to do down there, but I certainly wouldn't pass up the opportunity to meet N. And Vim thinks about tomorrow. <laughs> well, this is all very fascinating, and I'm proud of you, Vim, for coming to Mithrin to pursue your money stuff. But, uh... <laughs> 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 perhaps the... Perhaps... Before the gang goes its separate ways, can you all do uh, this old man one favor and join me on my my little mission? Well, sure. What do you need, Cyrus? Well, I need you to hold one of these, and I pull out my stalks, and I just start wiggling them, <laughs> and follow me into the woods. Into the woods? Well, Where place. all the trees are? <laughs> Jarrell looks at Arden. <laughs> I... Arden already agreed. He is completely on board with this. Wait, is this for that... Summoning a, a watcher or whatever you were saying? It's called it? a spectator. Try to keep up. Oh, is this like a like a, a sort of a, a, an encouraging encouraging thing that follows you around and um, lauds your accomplishments? Or what exactly? Yes. Oh, well, that sounds really exciting. Is it safe to go out there? Yes. They're asking Arden, not you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, probably not, but... All we know about this creature he intends to summon is, is that it's some sort of horribly dangerous beast, so... Listen. <laughs> Jarrell looks back at Cyrus like, that's not what you told me. <laughs> Amongst the various issues here, I don't think that the forest is 
probably the highest on the list. Listen, I studied the rituals all day in the library with Vim. Everything is on the up and up. This thing will be subservient to us, trust me. Well, wait, are you summoning something from another dimension to be enslaved? Is it like a person? Yes. Oh, Cyrus! (laughs) (laughs) You can't just go around magically summoning interdimensional slaves! Look, think of it as a as a guard dog. Every dog wants a master. I'm going to give it pets. I'll give it biscuits. I'll give it a nice little. Well, which is it? Is it a dog or a person? Make up your mind. Yes. That's that's not very convincing. (laughs) I have many concerns about this plan, but I would be damned if I'd let you do it alone. What do you think, Arden? I think that if you need my blood to summon something, then the last time I saw a blood... Wait, no, I've never seen a blood sacrifice going particularly well. Vim, you were in the in the library with me. You know that this is not going to be that bad. It's it, We looked at the scrolls together. It was boring and tedious. This will all be perfect. I remember... Looking at pictures, and then you promising me it will go fine. So, I think it will go fine. I have to imagine this conversation is taking place as Cyrus is, like, herding everyone out the walls of Mithrin and towards the forest. Absolutely. I think Jarrell stops at the gate, like, once they sort of realize where we're going. <laughs> Listen, Jarrell, this has never been done before. This type of science is, well, it's unprecedented. It's only theorized before, but I've got the reagents to do it. I just need someone who's got the gumption to really see what's going on. Wait, so you're making me into a blood sacrifice to attempt <laughs> to summon something that's never been summoned before? Arden crosses no. his arms over his chest and just kind of gives Cyrus a death stare. Cyrus, I, I still don't... It, okay, that sounds very interesting. I will. Yes. However, I still can't justify... Why are you summoning this the, this person? The science need an answer, Jarrell. Yes, you need a reason for science. Otherwise, it's not worthwhile science. There, you, you, you know, you want to know things that are interesting or that will be useful or helpful to people. Okay, okay, I'll answer your question. I think this will be interesting, and I think it will be useful to people. Useful to whom? In what capacity? Listen, Jarrell, this I, <laughs> I'm we're both people of science. I'm more plant oriented than you, but this is unprecedented territory for me. Perhaps it will have fungi from the Underdark growing on it that I can study. Wait. Where are you summoning it from? The Underdark. These are beings from another realm, and and they also live in the Underdark in the realms. What? Okay. Well, well, that is very interesting. Very interesting. Um, hmm. Joe kind of presses their hands together and is looking at you kind of calculatingly. How long exactly are... I mean, this is just sort of a visit sort of thing? You just sort of want to maybe summon this person and, and ask them for favor and then send them home? Yes. Jarrell looks at you very narrowly and then is like, well, I am open to the idea, but I would like to see the spell circle or whatever accoutrement are involved 
first. Absolutely. I will show you everything. Just follow me. So everyone follows Cyrus into the forest. The path that Cyrus takes following what is obviously Cyrus's mark on the tree is just spectacularly circuitous. Anyone that has any amount of a wisdom score can tell that like the path that Cyrus is taking doubles back on itself a couple times. But you do end up in this pretty nice clearing. It's just enough open that there is sunlight from above still filtering down. All right, Joe, this is very, very simple magic. Nothing dangerous here. And I start drawing two giant rings in the clearing on the ground. And they overlap each other. So each each ring is representing a different plane. And the intersecting part is where the two planes coincide. You see, and I'm, I'm explaining this to Drowsy. This will be the portal which we summon the creature from the other plane. Drowsy, like, their the attention is divided. They're extremely interested in what Cyrus is doing. But they're also kind of, like, keeping half an eye on the trees. Just to see if any are about to attack. <laughs> you see, the problem when we druids used to try summonings is that we tried to connect our minds to other planes but we never really focused on the physical aspects so this is why I have grabbed reagents to symbolize that metamorphosis in the uh, center area of the two rings I put down a a little pot and I I fill it with uh, stuff I had gathered the previous day so I I got some butterfly cocoons some dead frogs but they have like their tadpole tails still on them Um, I also throw in just, like, a pound of animal fat. I just throw that in there. (laughs) Daryl is asking you intently about every single... They're, like, writing notes on their arm and are asking you about, like, every single thing. Like, why did you choose this? Is this mandatory? Or is it a little, like, is there some flexibility? Like, what? (laughs) As far as Arden can tell, are we inside the safe zone or, or in the unsafe zone, as it were? You are somewhere on the border. Does it seem that we're actually still in the world? You do get the sense that you are still in the material plane. Arden looks at Cyrus and says, So, uh, why is it exactly that you need my blood for this? I, well, (laughs) you see, Arden, you are magical. You know, I get all my power from nature. Jarell has to read a million books before they can do anything. Actually, it's mostly mathematical proofs, but I take your point. <laughs> There's something special about you, Arden. You're the only one that whose blood would work with this. Now, Cyrus, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, so please, you might want to sit down for a moment. Oh, no. There's a thing about giving up one's blood. I was told, in fact, raised never to do it willingly. It isn't that I don't find your friendship valuable. There's a great many things that can be done with blood. And Arden is actually at this point going to give like a long lecture on all of the stories that he knows about all of the horrible, horrible things that can happen if somebody either has your blood or knows your true name. And um, this could get fairly long. 
So he's going to basically just lecture Cyrus about this until Cyrus stops him. <laughs> Jarrell is very interested in writing. They run out of space on their arms and are like trying to find a good leaf to write on. It's not really working. Like they're just kind of throwing leaves aside. Like, goddammit. <laughs> Why didn't I bring any paper? I didn't. We, we walked for hours <laughs> for you to have a hiccup over a drop of blood. What's this going to cost me? You're a mercenary. Cyrus starts patting his pocket change. <laughs> Arthur, do you have any of this written down already? <laughs> what do we got? What are we talking here? Three silver, a couple copper. Can I throw? <laughs> Based on everything you know about Cyrus, you do not think that this poor man is actually capable of either blood magic or <laughs> true name magic. Yes, yes. That's not really the point, though. It's more like a. A philosophical thing, Arden needs to, like, cut this off before it gets too <laughs> crazy. So it's like, if I give him a drop of blood for this thing that might be harmless now, he might think that asking this kind of thing is okay. And he <laughs> might, like, happen across a fae, and the fae will be like, oh, I just need a drop of your blood. And he'll be like, all right, that seems good for whatever you're offering me. So it's as much for his benefit as it is that Arden doesn't actually want to do it. I can appreciate where you're coming from on this, uh, Arden. Um, well, Cyrus, is there is there any other way to... Um, do you require blood for this? Or are, is there some kind of substitution that can... Uh, that how about a piece of hair, then, Arden? Something from you, since you are the special one. I suppose I can do a piece of hair. Thank you. All right. Harden <laughs> plucks out a piece of his hair and hands it over. All right. Are we, can we proceed with the ritual, people? <laughs> Everyone, take a, take wait, a tentacle. Wait, wait. Now, that's an entirely <laughs> different thing. Are you sure this is a good idea? Yes. And you are going to release them back, right? Yes. Well, it sounds good to me, then. All right. <laughs> I'm so. just here to make sure no one gets hurt. All right. So <laughs> everyone form a ring around me, kind of like ring around the rosy, and uh, stand on the edges of two on each on each of the outer rings. I'll stand here in the middle, and uh, <laughs> I explain <laughs> the significance of the metamorphosis of all the little, like, the little things I threw in the cauldron. And I prepared my spells specifically for this. Like, I could obviously just make a fire, but instead I think it's fun to just, like, create water. I do that spell. Create a bunch of water to fill it up. And I cast the spell uh, Heat Metal to heat up the cauldron so that the, uh, the fat can also transform to a new state and turn into a liquid. All right, so for this ritual to work, I need you all to sort of wave those those eye stalks around. Hold it at your hips. Wave it around, kind of like, <laughs> like, like you guys are doing a little helicopter action. <laughs> no, no, I trust me. It was in the books. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and Chanta, Cyrus is like, he definitely forgot what they're supposed to chant, so he's just making it up at this point. Uh, chant, uh, just say, um, all right, are you with me? Well, you need to be in cadence. You have to say it after I repeat my lines, all right? Oh, okay. 
this this doesn't sound like any magic that I've heard before. I quite agree. It's sort of interesting. Are you sure this is going to even do anything? <laughs> I kind of am enjoying it. Um, it's very earthy, isn't it? Arden, wave your wave your tentacle faster. <laughs> Arden waves it above his head like a lasso. No. <laughs> He'll summon a beholder that way. Put it down. Um. Uh, uh, um. So, giving you guys a little brief explanation. So these things are supposed to be very egotistical and very uh, into wealth and possessions. They only want to be summoned by someone equally important. So... Oh, oh great! Sh- oh, never mind. Shut up, Jerome. <laughs> <laughs> Cyrus gets in a squat position above the boiling kettle. <laughs> Get some steam action up in there. Is this two druids, one kettle? Oh my god! <laughs> no. That's 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 one of Judy's. We books tried that me. ritual, didn't work. <laughs> I. <mm-mm. laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm beginning now. Oh, great spectator, hear my call. I am Cyrus Sassafras, warrior of Cord and the greatest druid of all of Bogberg. Are you done? No, no, they, I have a lot to say. You guys got to, like, say your oom. Um, um. <laughs> I have brought you four symbols for each of your stalks. I give you my symbol of wealth, and I pull out the cup that Fim gave me. <laughs> um, wait, hold on. There is? I don't... Um... Like a used car salesman, I'm showcasing this cup. It's beautiful, handcrafted. Like Vanna White. Dyed purple, color of royalty, and look at these beautiful wavy patterns. No peasant could have this cup, and I toss it in the boiling cauldron. Um, it's the most passive-aggressive... Um... You can imagine. <laughs> I give you a symbol of my intelligence. And I pull out the pen that I got from Jarrell. <laughs> it may seem like a simple pen, but it has been used to decipher. Actually, and... that was handmade by my cousin. Less um, talking, more humming. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it has been used on countless academic research papers. It is a super smart pen, and I, I toss it in. I give you a symbol of my magic power. And I pull out my alchemy jug. And like a like a street magician. Ah, it looks like it only has a gallon, but watch this. And I pour out ten gallons of salt water. <laughs> Pretty impressive, eh? Um. I throw that in. <laughs> I throw that in the cauldron. <laughs> and lastly, I give you a symbol of my power over people. And I pull out the frog plushie that Harden gave me. <laughs> this stuffed frog is a rare and valuable boon. No one can purchase it. They have to win it through rigorous contests. And the champion who won this gave it to me as a sign of his devotion. <laughs> Um, is that? <laughs> and I toss it in the cauldron. <laughs> With these tokens, I summon you. Hear my call and bridge the gap between our two planes. And then I toss in Arden's hair. Um, the cauldron. It fucking smokes, billowing everywhere. 
it fills the entire clearing, blots out the sun. Slowly, slowly it dissipates through the trees. The clearing is dead silent as you all wait with bated breath to see if this ritual is successful. As the smoke clears, you see this being floating in that space between the two circles. Shit, oh shit, oh shit, it worked! (laughs) It's got one great eye in the middle of it, and then it's got four stalks with mirrored eyes rising, and it looks around each of the eye stalks looking at one of you, and then all five eyeballs focus on Arden. Shadow, my name is Dark Shadow. How may I serve you? No! Dan's really good at voices. I like his Pee-wee voice as well, even though it's, like, quite disturbing. God, beans. What am I going to do today? So I will say I, I, there's no middle ground. I love half of your voices and I fucking despise the other half. (laughs) Not because you're not doing a good job, but it's like they're tailored to annoy the listener. They're bad to you. It's like, what would I sound like if I just ate a a year's worth of snot? (laughs) That's my voice right now. And I'm like, thanks, babe. I hate you so fucking much right now. (laughs) <laughs> I'm convinced that that takes that, that that's a component of your development process is like a, a Nikki annoyance test mm-hmm. I think that's an integral part I get shackled. god damn it man Her I'm right box. here I, I, <laughs> I will bludgeon you to death with your own painting machine 